What up, what up, what up? What up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. And you're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. (laughs) It's a bop, ain't it? (laughs) Y'all can't hear it. (laughs) Yeah. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with your girl. We got a dope interview for you guys today. All my interviews are dope, but you know, when you have generations of generations of generations of of good information sitting right in front of you, you can't deny it. You didn't make me that old, did you? No. <laughs> Damn. In the industry. Damn. In the industry, you know, it seems like that's what it feels like. But no, you have a lot of a lot of great background. But shout out to you. We're gonna yeah, get in here in just a second. Shout out to Madu for hooking this interview up. Shout out to Ghetto Ghost in the motherfucking building. Shout out to all of you guys tuned in to the Hollywood Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Hollywood. <laughs> You're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. So Hollywood, the podcast is a platform treated. I mean, oh, look at me. I'm already messing up. Ooh, you, got, got you, got, you, you got me nervous. You do got look. Ooh, listen. Just how I like it. Anxiety is through the motherfucking roof. But no. <laughs> so Hollywood, the podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally. And I bring them together with this thing called entertainment while bridging the the gap between the ones before us and the ones to come and catch the latest episode of so hollywood the podcast on my youtube page so hollywood the podcast follow me on instagram miss hollywood 313 and if you're looking to perform in this welcome to the limelight performance make sure you guys inbox me but without further ado yeah we're gonna bring my guest to the forefront he is a mogul now indie artist revolutionary he yes. is the co-founder vice president of murder inc yes and he just created another company clash tv shout out to that shout out and ad ventures music yes. and he has over 35 years in the game we mm-hmm. have chris Gotti. Yeah, 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 yeah. thank you for having me no Ms. hollywood <laughs> every time i say a name i'm gonna have to say it that way now listen <laughs> y'all listen don't don't get me started yeah. <clears throat> So let's get get into this interview because I don't want to focus on what everybody else really focuses Good. on, uh, which is, of course, your brother. So we're going to move past that. Damn because- him. Irv, <laughs> <laughs> you heard that? Yeah. We want to bring you to the... We're not going to gonna f- talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Irv. Shout out, Tails. Visionary ideas. We He's killing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Killing it. But we want to bring you to the forefront and we want to give you your flowers while you're you're still here in this industry and in this thing called entertainment. Yeah. So I Thank like you. to always start my interviews off with this question. How did this thing called entertainment enter your life? Like what was your earliest memory of entertainment? Man, you know, I'm 55. So let's see. Entertainment, it depends on what level you're talking about because even at a very young age, like five years old, like mm. let's say entertainment was watching Michael Jackson. Right. Let's say, you know, things of that nature. Even the Osmond, see, 
I know the culture may not understand it because they the younger culture, but I grew up on AM radio. There was no mm, FM radio. Talk about it. You know, and then it like we didn't have no money. All you had was AM radio, and you had to find that station at the very end of the dial that played, let's say, R and B. No mm-hmm. hip hop, mm-hmm. just R and B and black mm-hmm. music. Let's say, right. And I grew up listening to all these songs that I don't know. How I know, but I know still. <laughs> Again, of course, we listen to all the classics, the Marvin Gaye's and right. things of that nature, Al Green. But, I mean, I old folk white songs because of AM radio. That's mm. what you had to get. Uh, and then it evolved. Finally, the FM came in, and then you got to the hip-hop, and hip-hop changed my life. Like, that movie, there's a movie. I did, like, when did you find hip hop? Right, right. You right, know what I mean. And right. that's really what it was when I first heard it. It was like, what the fuck is this? Do you remember your first your first song you heard? Uh, man, I do not. <laughs> I don't want to date myself, but so much I already gave you a bad. Time. You already hit me with the generation after generation after generation. You really want to put me back there, but it's all good. I see how we do out here. <laughs> but um. You're just yeah. seasoned, that's all. Like seasoned uh, me. You know, marinated overnight. It's <laughs> Hollywood. She still hit me with it. Body blows. These are body blows. <laughs> but you take them. You take them. Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I roll yeah. with the punches. <laughs> I roll with the punches. I grew up fighting, so that's definitely, Uh-oh. you know, that's nothing. So mm. I could take a punch. Mm. And you're originally from? Hollis, Queens. Hollis, Queens. Well, originally, like, people always say that I was... I was born in Brooklyn, but okay. I I always claim Hollis because that's where I was raised. Was raised. But born in Brooklyn, we finally got my my parents, my mother's mother and father had got some help mm-hmm. and got us to help us get a house and and help my pops get a house in uh, Queens in Hollis Queens, mm-hmm. and I was raised there. So I grew up with Jay Jam Master Jay, mm-hmm. Run DMC, Russell Simmons. They was literally down the block from us, so it was a lot. Uh, taken in, so that entertainment was always there because of them. Mm-hmm. You're, so, you're, go ahead, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. because of them, you always was following their career, and you know, Jam Master Jay used to come to the house and come pick wow. me up and take music from Irv and all types. Really? Of oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> had y'all already? You, obviously, y'all hadn't created. What y'all have oh, today. Oh, no, no, no. At- we didn't know what we was going to do. Right, okay. I tell every listener that's out there, you know, man, life is a journey. Follow your dreams. Follow, chase what really moves you and just keep pushing. Right, consistency. I did so many different things in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I still don't. I still am open to doing things, but I have a clearer path of, let's say, of my knowledge and expertise now mm-hmm. from all the time. So I know exactly what I want to do with things and how I want to do it, but I'm still open to new uh, business ventures and ideas. And if you look at my career and all the things I've done, I couldn't tell you how I did it, like how yeah. it just happened. Right. Being right place, right time and working. I never stopped. Right. I never stopped working. I mean, I always owned my businesses. I, my very first business was a construction company, me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And we was doing Hella business. Shout out, <laughs> Tina. You know what I'm saying? And we was doing a lot of business. All city work, so you had to have the money. We didn't have the money to fund the, the jobs we was doing. Mm-hmm. So if we say we would get a job like a park, go to the parks department and get the job for the parks department, maybe the job was $5 million. I don't have $5 million. So right. we had to get this company called Gateway Demolition, a guy named Kenny Frolic. 
uh, a Jew that owned a demolition company. So he wasn't a general contractor. He was like in ripping stuff down. That's how he made his money. Mm-hmm. And me and my sister said, well, you put up the bonds for us and we'll do the work and we'll be partners. He took 50%. It was a great deal for him. Mm-hmm. Great starting deal for us. All deals have a starting point. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's very important because we're talking about music. I'm always tied back into music. Absolutely. And you hear all these artists always complain about their deal. Don't blame the deal. Blame you. Blame your lawyer that you didn't change the deal because when you first started, you thought that was a good deal. Mm. May not have been the best deal, but that's why you signed. Right. So it's your job to change that deal as you keep moving on in your career. It's No deal is forever, so... You're, you're inside of that contract. You have obligations to fulfill to get out of that deal. So in the interim, you could change the deal for better points and better uh, negotiating so right. you get more of a piece of that pie as you grew as an artist. Like, it's just business. It's, it makes sense. If you're making a uh, million dollars of generated revenue and let's say the, you're 50-50, so 500 is yours, 500 is the owner of the label. Mm-hmm. You get to $2 million, it's only right that you say, hey, let me change the deal. I want a little more because I'm doing all the work. He's going to say yes because it's business. He doesn't want to not make that money. Right. Right? Right. And that's the difference. He doesn't want to not uh, get the money that's being generated, and that's why it's good business. And artists have to understand that. And I use the big number at 50-50 because you're never starting at 50-50 in a bad deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a, a great deal for this industry if they're putting up the money and you're just producing all the content. So that's how I looked at that deal back then. Mm-hmm. He gave us the money. He put up the bonds. We started doing jobs for $10 million, $40 million, $30 million. I built everything but a bridge in my construction career before mm. music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So did did any of that kind of play a role in, in how you are today or in your career of today? Of course. And how? how? I build. Okay. I'm a builder. And that's what I do. All my, I knew how. I figured out how to build and get people to work together. It was all union jobs. If you're familiar with union jobs, there's shop stewards. You got to use like in construction. I can't just use anyone to create or to fo- do the floor. Right. I have to get the guy that does the floor or a carpenter to do the walls. I have to get the electrician. You can't. Even though I knew, I learned every trade just from watching people. Mm-hmm. And then be, as an owner, I could do anything. But if you're a worker, you cannot. There'll be a, a shop student or, or someone from the union and say, put that down. You can't touch that sore. You're just a laborer. Mm. So I got, I learned early on how to build teams and my guys would break all the rules for me. Mm. Uh, meaning they did whatever it took. Right. Whatever their, their technical job was, they did whatever it took. And that to me is very important. I do that. I have that same business acclimate and philosophy for every business I do, including when I built Murder Ring. Because okay. I put together all the people at Murder Ring. Um, Irv was busy creating. He's the visionary. Right. Right? And right. my job with Irv, I seen it at a young age. He was talent. And I just made sure I could do whatever I could for him. Right. You and speaking speaking of that, because you were the one that actually bought his first turntables. <laughs> I didn't buy them. I robbed somebody. Oh. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> 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 I didn't buy them, but, you know, shit happened. He got them. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we didn't have money. In there. Right. Uh, I went to do a caper with my man, Nick. Shout out, Nick. Still, He's one of my oldest friends, 40-plus years. And me and Nick, we get a little birdie chirping in our ears that mm-hmm. there's a bunch of money in this house. 
okay, we, well, I'm going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what ended up happening was uh, the money wasn't there. There was someone there that we had to deal with, mm-hmm. which we did. But I was like telling Nick, I'm not leaving here with nothing. Mm. We, it was very little money that we found. But I was like, I'm not leaving here with nothing. And I seen the equipment. Mm. I said, I'm taking that. All of it. Yeah. Speakers included. <laughs> <laughs> wires, down to the wires. Let me get this motherfucking <laughs> shit right here. You know, and I'm not talking to brag on this shit because, you know, when you're young, you don't know nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I say it really to just let everybody know I'm really like you. Mm. I didn't know what I was doing, just like you don't know what you're doing, basically. Right. And all I did was I found something. And equipment. I was DJing, and Irv started DJing, and Irv got very good at mm. DJing, really good. Like that, he was that nigga. Mm-hmm. And when I identified that, I said, "Man, I'm not DJing no more. I'm gonna help him." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what I did, and I helped him elevate from DJing to producing, right into the record business, and just supporting him. Mm-hmm. His ideas, and my job was to make his ideas come to life, mm-hmm. whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. And as you stated, <clears throat> when you see talent, you're talking, you're taking it over. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. When you see, <laughs> what did you uh, see in him and any of your other brothers or siblings? Did they have any of that as well? Well, see, again, it's eight of us. Yes. I try to explain this. I have five older sisters. Irv is okay. the baby at eight. I'm number seven. Oh. Then I got five sisters older than me, and then I have an older brother. My older brother is really like my uncle. Growing up. Right. He's my brother today. But in those years, it's night and day if you're 10 and he's 20. Mm-hmm. We're not anywhere near Absolutely. doing anything the same. Irv is three years younger than me, so I'm 10, Irv is 7. So y'all close. Yeah. yeah. I, like I said, and all my friends were Irv friends. Mm-hmm. And they took care of Irv. They knew, don't fuck with Irv. That's Chris, bro. You know what I'm saying? And made right. sure he got everything. He'll tell you if he said he, he can't. No one could not say I didn't do that. I'm my brother's keeper at the end of the day. To this day, he gets in shit and I deal with it. It's like, damn, nigga, I don't want to do this shit no more. <laughs> he, he, you know, the, la- the last thing was really with uh, Fat Joe because Fat Joe said some stuff. So I had to go see Fat Joe, but I don't want to get in the middle of that. I of fuck course. with Joe. Of and, course. Then, and again, it's like, it's just, I'm, I really don't want to be in the middle of that shit no more. Yeah. But it's still my brother, so it is what it is. Now, um, at this time when you do when you found the talent <clears throat> in in your brother, mm-hmm. did you have any type of education behind it or was it more of stupid is a stupid does. <laughs> <laughs> I was stupid. <laughs> learn as you go type situation. Absolutely learn as you go. Um you make mistakes, you learn from it. See the one difference is all these independent artists, I spent all my money. Mm. Everybody that I was getting money from or however I was getting my money. And I always, like, once I got to my teen years, mm-hmm. I always had money. Okay. You know, I had cars, motorcycles, jewelry, everything. So money I had. And then I lost it trying, learning, mm-hmm. my money, no one else's, spending it. And it didn't work. But that was your education. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose your money, you get educated quick. If you care about your money, coming from nothing, I believe everyone coming from nothing cares about their money. Now, did you eventually, like, go to school or just do any of that? Everything was— It took me five years to get out of high school. 
<laughs> it's not funny, but oh. Well, I missed the year. I didn't go to school. See, I, let me clarify that. I'm okay. not. A, I'm not okay. a dummy. What it was was I didn't apply myself. Mm-hmm. I missed the whole year. My junior year, I didn't go to school. I played football, okay. and I, I ended up leaving football because I wasn't going to school. I was doing dumb shit. Mm-hmm. I was in the street. I never sold drugs, but I'll leave it up to you to understand what I was. I might have tied niggas up or something, but. Oh. <laughs> That's what I was doing. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and at the end of the day, that's how I was getting money. And then my my family, I come home, my mother would tell me she ain't raising no bums. Mm. Yeah. My mom was a queen, so when she would say, she going to throw me and Irv out because Irv wasn't working, but I'm giving her money, so he was good. Right. And... I told her, don't, I'll go get a job. Don't fuck with her. I told her, leave her alone. And she let me do that, and I paid her. I went and worked all types of stupid jobs. I worked from when I was five, six years old, penny savers, trying to get wow. money. Wow. So, so you've I, been a hustler pretty much all on, of your life. Come on. One of my biggest hustles was just shoveling snow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know, Kids so don't know that. time, you hit in them doors, and you, yeah, clean my driveway, boom, and clean my walkway. I don't see no little dudes doing that no right. more. But that was one of the best times. When the time came, you got hustle money. You know what I mean? Right. And you going around ringing doorbells, you and your boy or whatever, and you getting that money. So where did you get that inspiration from and that drive? Talk a little bit about that. Because you were in a two-parent household in which most African-American um, or minorities don't have that no nah, that's a big deal so my, talk a little we bit didn't about didn't have that. nothing but my mother and father stayed together they was get married for over 60 plus years my pops Dang. passed uh two years ago mm, rest um, in peace, my pop. mother just turned 89 wow. uh and she's okay so my father is trinidadian and black uh and i'm uh, sorry trinidadian and filipino mm, okay. my mother's black yeah. uh but my mother used to tell me and my like y'all don't have it hard she said, hard is waking up and you come outside and niggas hung on the pole. So that's what my mother dealt with, not my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So my mother would tell me that, you know, her family was from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh my God. Then they came, then they came, um We have a connection. Yeah. You might be kin. I know, right? <laughs> uh, and then they came, they came to she lived in Harlem. I lost two uncles to that blue magic. See, that was real in Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It. That movie, American Gangster with Frank Lucas, that was all the way real. Um, that dope was bad. Like, it was so strong. Bad in that sense, which is great for them. But, right. but I lost an uncle on my father's side, and I lost an uncle on my mother's side from that dope. Uh, and at the end of the day, they, they was raised in Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know, my father, again, raised in Harlem. My mother raised in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And then they got together... Never left each other. Had eight kids, didn't leave. So I used to ask my pops, why ain't you leave? The fuck you doing, nigga? You ain't got no money. Why'd you stay? <laughs> and I'm just asking him. I asked right. him, says, you know, on right. some real shit. Because right. all my friends, they mother and fathers wasn't together no more. Mm. So in the hood where I'm from and everything, it's like, you didn't see it. You know, we get in the music industry. One of the, Jay-Z, one of the biggest things, he's with his pops. He didn't have one. You know what I'm saying? It's DMX. You know what I'm saying? Ja Rule. It's all around you. It's an right. epidemic. Right. <laughs> a pandemic. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? And it's fucked up because I got to experience both sides, meaning with my fa- my family, the two parents, mm. and with all my friends, the single parent. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we're, it's just, again, it was a lot of education in that. And then I got to deal with that and see that. So, it was, you know, it was something to do, mm. something to see, understand. You know what I mean? And I felt the pain from not, from my family, like not from my family, but my friends, mm-hmm. of them not having two two parents. I felt their pain. Right. So I understand that too. And what does your, your mother and father do, if you don't mind me asking? My father was a cab driver. So he never had money. My mother's a, she was the housewife. Right. She took care of the family. That's it. She beat you. She fed you everything. You know, she used to get $10 a day to feed eight kids. Mm. She would go, I would be with her and she would get $2 of gas <laughs> in the station wagon. Mm. And the eight, other $8 was to buy food. So we ate a lot of rice, a lot of, <laughs> lot of potatoes. Yes. You know, things that you yes. could stretch. Right. She would make bread herself. She would make it, you know what I mean? She's getting the flour and the yeast and everything. You saw it all in the household as well. Because they, they, you know, they pretty much taught you how to hustle as well. Yeah, the houses would be roach infested. Like, that's really, you know, me and Irv, we uh clothes, maybe the pants shared. Irv's pants would be mm-hmm. way big on him because they was mine. <laughs> 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 but it is what it is. Or he would have my hand-me-downs, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He would get the shit that I outgrew. Right. And he would have it on. I, there's, a sh- there's a classic picture because I'm a Cowboy fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Irv is still a fan. <laughs> he hates the Cowboys. And there's a picture and he got the Cowboy shirt on. I said, that's the proof right there. <laughs> that's the proof right there because he got the Cowboy shirt on. He hates the Cowboys, but it's all good. <laughs> it's actually, you know, at the end of the day, it's what made us. It's, it's, it's how I moved with my team, everybody's family. Mm. Like, I moved that way. We didn't have money. We had love. That's it. And speaking of, of team, this, this is a three-part question. How important is it to have a team, mm. play your position, and know when to fall back? So I have an expression for the last one, know when to fall back. I tell all my team, you can't dance on every record. Mm-hmm. So they got to know when they got to sit their ass down and can't be part of something, right? Mm-hmm. Very important. Mm-hmm. Every show ain't for you to be in. You know what I mean? You have to understand that from a bigger perspective, um, not just in the moment. Because people, but it takes a lot of discipline because people want to be in every record. They want right. to, they want to be in, especially now. Mm-hmm. They want to be seen and heard, just like an artist, no matter what position they play. Right. Um, but a team is everything. You can't do anything alone. A team is everything, and you only as good as your weakest link mm-hmm. in your team. So if your team has weak links, you in trouble. Mm-hmm. You got to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely, like, man, so important. And you got to know, it, they have different laws and rules that you could understand business. It's like um, out of 100% of your business, 10% of the people you work do 90% of all the work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you know what I'm saying, if that made sense to you, but that's, it's super real. <laughs> <laughs> it's super real. It's like, in the, you know, these white people come up with like the millennials, the marketing, <clears throat> it's so important. Right. You got to, again, we got to learn from everybody and why they doing it. You got to question things. Why is that? Why do they got Zs, millennials, now we got alphas, I'm a generation X, you had the baby boomers. Why did they come up with these terminologies for these people, these groups of people? Mm. It's because that's how you market to the people. You know what they want because of that great age group. You know what I'm saying? I got a Z. 
and I got a millennial. My son is a millennial, my Z, and my daughter's a Z. And I promise you, that's what I see consistently. My nieces, nephews, Z's, and millennials. This world's in trouble with these Z's. <laughs> these Z, the Z generations, y'all out there, man, oof, y'all are something. Y'all are something special. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you consider your your family a part of that team? No, I didn't. Now they again, they're a part of my team in the sense of support, mm. not in the sense of physical work. And talk a little bit about people always say your family, your family, family. When me and Irv got into music, see, the music game changed. It wasn't like it is. I wouldn't allow my sisters to come to none of my events because it was violent. Mm, okay. Okay. Hip-hop was violent. It was in one location. It wasn't like it's how it is now where you could go anywhere and catch it. Right. No, nah, he was in that one club. Right. And that, typically that one club was run and owned by the toughest nigga in that hood. <laughs> Sim- simple as that. Yes. You come in there with problems, you getting problems. Right. You know, you come in with the jewelry, they taking it. Mm. It was on that time if you wasn't about that life. Right. So I would never want my sisters around. And my older brother, he was already involved in his life and working and shit. So it was different. But we wouldn't. But later on, we brought in our sisters to work in the office with certain, because mm-hmm. that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Tina's like her trades account. Nikki was in, uh, in that same space. So we started giving them work. Mm. So let's push forward a little bit to the creation of Murder, Inc., and how it became um, what it is today. You're trying to get me in trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> nah, nope, I'm not. We don't do that here on this podcast. <laughs> I do. <laughs> God did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on The Voice. That's I'm on The Voice. I keep telling everywhere I go, I'm on Little, little Dirk and Little Baby. I'm on, yo, Dirkio, you a beast, boy. Because yeah. you hear it from your brother, but you don't often hear it from you. So talk a little bit about the creation of that. And- Murder, Inc. wasn't created because he came up with the idea, I'm starting a record label. It wasn't because of anything like that. It was came up because the success of him being a producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something that I felt, even in the documentary, wasn't really hammered home. Right. If y'all didn't see documentary on BET, five-part series, it's really a really, really good documentary. Well yeah. done, well put together. Mm-hmm. Shout out Michael Payton, who directed it. He's the one who, man, he did his thing. But Murder, Inc. wasn't birthed because Irv said, hey, I'm going to go start a record label. Irv said to me, I want to be the biggest producer in the world. Got you. So what's my assignment? Make yeah. him the biggest producer in the world. Yeah. I understood the assignment. I knew he couldn't do it by himself. I went and found producers all over. We built a production team called Top Dog Productions, not the top dog that you see with Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. We was the first. You heard oh. that, boy? <laughs> you heard him. Yeah, we was the top dog. And um, we found some incredible producers, and Irv added in his magic with them, and it was lightning in a bottle. Mm. And because of the success of selling all these uh, beats, to these artists and being very big records with these other artists as well as like say Ja Rule who's on Def Jam he wasn't signed to Murder Inc he was signed to Def Jam we took him from Def Jam and put him mm. on Murder Inc but that's another story like you took them turntables huh? something like it something like it. <laughs> it you know you gotta get physical in this game sometimes you gotta you know Damn, I can't remember his name. I think his name is Jordan Patterson. He's a white dude. But if you ever see his podcast, he is super strong, super smart. And he's like, every man should be 
you should have an intimidation side to you. Mm. Yeah. Saying he didn't say you have to have it to use it. He said, but if no one fears you or has that thing, they're going to walk over you. Right. And I find that to be true. Is that for men and women? It could be. Okay. He doesn't, you know, women... See, you're a woman here. Yeah. And you got to be very smart in my approach and how I talk to you about this. But, you know, I'm going to use Kevin Samuels. Mm -hmm. You know him. He passed. Absolutely. And I know a lot of women don't like Kevin. Mm -hmm. I happen to like Kevin Mm -hmm. because he pointed out a lot of things that women just don't want to understand or take to be true, but they're facts. And he brought up the fact with women, especially minority or black women, Mm -hmm. it was really designed to break up the household. How come the white women ain't sitting there talking like white, white black women? Let's you, let's talk about it yeah. if you want to. I'm with it. <laughs> I got five sisters that do very well, but I I get on them because when you when you have to go out and do it, who's doing the family? Mm. And that's what suffers. And it's, it's suffering in the black community the most, not in the white community. That white man is still taking care of his wife. Absolutely. And she's cool with it. Mm-hmm. But we sitting here, oh, I got to be a... How come you don't hear <laughs> in any other race, mm-hmm. strong, independent black woman? How come I don't hear that for no other race? Mm. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I really... I'm, I watched the power of that woman staying home and my mother. Mm, talk about it. All right. She raised eight kids with no problems. You hear me? Yeah. No one on drugs, no one on alcohol, nothing. That's big, right? That's, that's motherfucking big. The only thing they didn't have was knowledge. If my mother and father had a little bit more knowledge, not saying my father's the smartest nigga I know. Of course. And he was the strongest nigga I know, but he didn't know business. Right. He knew general shit. Yeah. Dad, you heard me. You didn't help me, nigga. <laughs> no. <laughs> this business shit. I needed you, man. <laughs> and when I say that, when we made money, for instance, right, mm-hmm. my mother would tell me, Chris, take care of Irv. Make mm-hmm. sure he's good. And listen, my father, hey, boy, keep your wits about you. This is what he would tell you because he knew the violence we was dealing with. Right. He would always see me with my man, Kylie, my uh, my longest friend, who I put in a lot of work with. You know what I'm saying? He would see us in the corner, like, after we did something, we sweating and everything. Right. <laughs> and right. He would see us and say, hey, boy, <laughs> be prepared for the retaliation. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> These are words I live by. But those, right. it, when, the reason I say this is because take care of Irv, be careful, watch, keep your wits. But that's like the best advice I could see or hear at that time. Right. And I take it, I listen to them words, like, and they help me get through all of the trials and tribulations, mm. all of the, the adversity coming at us. Like I said, hip-hop was different. Absolutely. When we toured every city, I had to deal with that animal in every city just to go do a show because you in his club. And it didn't always turn out the best way. We got into it. Mm-hmm. Or real recognized real for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then we was good. But then it got bigger because, I mean, that's what it was. More money, more we called problems. it. We used to call it gangster promotions. <laughs> so, oh, we got another show. Yeah, it was gangster promotions. GP <laughs> and GP was. We knew we had to deal with these niggas in this hood. They pick you up in their little Honda Civics because in your rider you got right? all your details. 
All right, we need car service, transportation to and from. Mm -hmm. They picking you up with their boys. It's all they niggas picking you up. Yeah. You know what they doing? They taking inventory. Mm. Who had on jury? They know how much money they got to give you, right? Because they paying you for the show, so they know you got at least that much cash when we going to come and get you. But they know you ain't got guns. They put you up in the hotel. They know where you at. It's, you lined up. I'm from that world. I understand it. Right. So we had to navigate through that, which we did. Right. And that took a lot of, and that's keeping your wits about you. Yo, be careful. Take care of your brother. And it wasn't just your brother. Uh, it was Ja. Everybody. Well, you know, in the beginning, it's Irv and Ja. And then right. once we got going, I was able to bring in my niggas with me. Mm, okay, talk help, about it. To talk. add in more help. Mm -hmm. I had more money. Mm -hmm. I brought in my, like, I didn't have security. I had my niggas. That's it. Mm. And I plowed them with a job. And this is what the assignment is. But I knew without a shadow of a doubt, they going out. Right. Murder Inc.'s different. I didn't see no one move like us. Absolutely. To this day. And I go out with all these different, let's say, sets. Mm -hmm. It's just different. It's just different. No, I'm not saying better or worse. We just move different. We used to go to L.A. Shit. Every gang member was in the house. Mm. We make you check your gun in the door. There'll be a basket full of guns in the front door. Oh, shit. Like a no bullshit. Plate? No bullshit. Anyone know Murder Inc.? Any, any of them, ask them. Bloods, Crips, Booyah, everything. All in one. All the brown, all the Mexican, everything in one house. Partying in Sodom and Gomorrah. You can see it in the documentary. They talk about it. Wow. That's a dead truth. Dead truth. Do you think that's what we're lacking nowadays? As a culture. Lacking in a, what sense? I as, don't know what you I'm mean I'm sorry, as far as like um, what you did for the culture when it came to having everybody in one room and checking them at the you door know, and, and making well, sure. Know, again, if you want to come in this house and you want to try and get to these girls we got up in here because we had a lot of women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, I, if, if I could, only, if it was today right, and you okay. filmed it, mm -hmm. you would understand. Mm -hmm. It's really that life. It was that life. Like, all the girls was in there damn naked, mm -hmm. cooking, taking care of everything. I mean, it was really Sodom and Gomorrah. There'd be a bowl of ecstasy pills. I don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. I don't drink nothing. I don't smoke nothing. But there'd be a bowl of ecstasy pills like that, a whole bowl. So when you came in, if you want some, you take what you want. There'd be a basket of weed, mm. pounds, sitting there, high grade. Uh, VSOP and Duchess. They would. Have, that's when they used to roll right, with right. Duchess, <laughs> and the Duchess would be right there. So you come in, you you rolling your own blunts, you getting your own if you wanted them pills, and then you had the Hennessy or not the Hennessy VSOP. Mm -hmm. That was the drink of choice. Right. And Ruth loved the uh, the Vuv Click Champagne. Case is just sitting there for you. So the girls come in, it's on, it's over. I mean, it's Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to let your mind go with it. <laughs> I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> but again, it was all, again, it was a family. Right, okay. You know, Corinne Stevens, shout out, you're a superhead. You know who that is. Um, yes, yes. She said in her book, Murder, Inc. was a family. I mm. saved her. You you hear me. Superhead, you owe me some money. Corinne, you <laughs> owe me some money from your book. I was the one tell her, do the book. I was like, yo, you should do it. But I saved her. Mm -hmm. I promise you I saved her. She'll tell you. If she if you was the interview, she'll tell you I saved her. Because we was a family and I accepted everybody. 
I accepted you except for don't come in no bullshit. Right. As long as you didn't bring no bullshit, you could come fuck with us. And everyone would want to show me how tough because it was Murder, Inc. Oh, I, I got my niggas. I don't need no more. You want? I need brains. You come over here, I need to know you know how to make money with me. Mm. And that was how I moved. That was the one main And requirement. my job was to keep everyone away from her. Mm. He's a goose that laid the golden egg. I can't have niggas disturbing that, man. Absolutely. So when you got the brain, I feel Kanye needs something like that. Okay. Right? Yeah. He's the brain. He's the vision. He's the genius. But he needs someone to help filter that shit so he don't deal with all of the other rhetoric that makes him do shit that people don't understand. Right. Do you agree he's a genius? Yes. I agree he's a genius. Do you think a genius understands you or me? They don't think like it. That's why he's so misunderstood. Yeah. Because he's thinking it's logical. What are y'all looking at? Like, y'all bugging it. Yeah. But the masses are not you, homie. Right. right. If You know, and Kanye's my man. I fuck with Kanye, but I didn't like his divide and conquer. Of When I say divide and conquer, because of his confusion and the way he goes about things, mm -hmm. it confuses the people that are not like him. Right. Which is the majority of the people. So it's like, I always talk from a large number, right? Mm -hmm. So there's nothing 100%. When, even when I mention like with women, it could be a woman that works and she'll be like, I do it. I got you, Ma. That's good. But you wanted us exceptions. Mm -hmm. Understand that. Mm -hmm. Kanye, you got to understand you're one of one. the exceptions. So he needs almost a buffer that he could trust unequivocally. Happen to be that's probably his mother that passed. That's what I was going to say. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's the sad part because he, he doesn't have that. And how can he gain that now after he's Kanye West, the mm -hmm. genius? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's so hard to trust. Mm -hmm. I get it. See, Irv's blessing was me. Yeah. He know no matter what, I got him. No matter how much crazy shit he do, he know I got him. Mm. Who got Kanye like that? That's why he went crazy with Kim. He thought he had a wife that would do that. Mm. But she in her own bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This shit is deep, yo. It is. It's deep. It definitely is. It's so, deep. <clears throat> so let's get to the infamous 2002. Let's push forward to that. Cause that's a, a that's lot our of, biggest year. Yeah, a lot of things were going on um, yeah. business-wise and personal-wise. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit of overall? You don't have to go into depth, but just overall. Remember, I said I didn't, I was, I'm uneducated. I learned from doing things. So when they, all of this stuff hit, I didn't have a clue. Again, I'm just about... My mother would always be big on common sense. Yeah, common sense ain't so well, common you have these some days. Common sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I I feel I'm blessed with a ton of common sense, right? And that's how I navigated with common sense. But I mean, the feds come in, they mm -hmm. raid our offices. You know, I don't know if you knew Supreme, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but Supreme was getting arrested, and because of that, they wanted to tie everything with him to us, right? which is completely false. You can't do that just because I know somebody or fuck with somebody. It don't mean I'm doing what they do. Right. And I'm not saying he did what they said he did because he didn't. Right. He should have been locked up for something totally different than what he's charged and locked up for. Mm -hmm. That's the facts. You know, the government just don't play fair. They facts. don't play fair. So at the end of the day, we go through a huge uh, arraignment, trial, everything. But they put us under investigation, Right. See, this is the ignorance. I didn't know you had to pay money and pay for lawyers and to protect yourself, and you ain't charged with a crime. Mm. So what they did was stop all money, 
We was doing over two hundred million dollars in two thousand and two. Okay, we doing two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty million in business. At the end of the day, they stopped all our revenue. Why? We didn't know this. They made Universal cooperate against us. Mm. So that's our company we're getting all our money from. Right. They made them cooperate. So what Universal did took it as a great chance to really fuck us was they stopped paying us. They stopped, they broke all the contracts, but we're under investigation. They also know we can't fight everybody at the same damn time. So now we don't realize we're going to get charged because they said we're under investigation. We, we like, we didn't do nothing anyway. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. So we're not really on it, but I had to start uh, paying for lawyers, uh, PR people like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these are, these are not cheap lawyers. Absolutely. Retainers is $2 million to start. Okay. Y'all uh, heard it, artists. Oh, this is a fact. I, I tell Gunner and Stunny, like, man, I, <laughs> I wish them the best, but I'm telling you, representation is everything. And they're the only ones that'll get it to the lawyer. So you could get the best lawyer, but if you're not really working with that lawyer the way you should, you're in trouble. You got to really talk to that lawyer and give him that information because he don't know your life. You know your life. His job is to protect you. He can't protect you unless he knows what you really did or didn't do. Mm. And you really got to have that faith in that lawyer. That's why lawyers, that client privilege is, you have to have the faith that he's going to keep that no matter what. And then, you know, they're dealing with, I wish them all the best with that shit, man. Absolutely. But, That was a whole thing. And I'm not thinking in those terms. So imagine I'm just living my life like everything. I'm spending money like it's normal. And money's just disappearing and nothing's coming in. I'm hitting the Universal with my money and they're acting like it's nothing. Oh, it's coming. And they know they ain't doing nothing. Right. The government wants you not to be able to fight. It's strategic. They don't want you to be able to fight and protect yourself when you're going against them. That's why their conviction rate is damn near 99%. Mm. Because people will cop out because the pressure they're getting put on or they can't afford to keep fighting them. You know, they tell you government has two things that's unlimited, money, resources, and ink. Mm-hmm. What, you don't, what people may not know is all the publications is owned or by a, but usually by the feds. Okay. So in New York City, I'll give you an example. The New York Times is a federal mag- uh, newspaper. The, the, the Post is a federal newspaper. The Daily News is a, is with the police department. They 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 take care of the New York Police Department, but those organizations control the ink that gets put in it, especially when it comes to any criminal activity shit. Mm-hmm. So they wrote tons of negative shit about me and my brother. Why they're positioning for the trial? If the twelve people that you end up on the jury happen to read these things, it might influence their decisions. And that's how they move. It's very strategic. Right. I learned this from going through it. Right. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I, when the trial hit, I made sure I told my lawyer, I want to be at everything possible. I want to know everything because I'm the only one that knows everything. And I'm going to, he would say, hey, Chris, you make the snowballs, I throw them. I didn't understand them in the beginning. Mm. And then what, I, what I learned by that is the snowball is the information. He takes that information and throws it at the feds or the prosecutor. So I understand it now. I didn't understand it then. Right. You know, I understood it at the after we start like, going. When he first said it, I didn't understand it. Once right. we start going, I was like, I got it. Right. And I started giving him everything. But he was like, you make the snowballs, I throw them. Right. I'm like, Jerry, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> now, <clears throat> now, what was your emotions like going through that process and then coming out successful after 
Um, I know people may not believe it, but I didn't really have too much. I was out partying every day. Irv was telling me, stop going out. Yo, what's wrong with you? Because I was getting into a lot of shit because, you know, people might be, I don't know, they want to get funny with their words or try to treat DJs even. I walk in, they shout out Murder Rain, Chris Gotti's in the building. And next thing you know, they're playing all the disc records because I was dealing with the whole 50 Cent shit all at the same damn time. But I'm dealing with the feds. Then I got to deal with this fuck nigga shit. And then I'm going to deal with these punk ass DJs. So the DJs, I would go and be polite. I'm a, If you ever see me and someone fighting, know they went too far. Mm-hmm. I give you every excuse to not do this. But again, if you insist, we will oblige. That was our signature at the bottom of our tag. Mm-hmm. Of our two Scottsdale two-way pages, everyone at Murder, Inc. at the top, our, our signature was, Chris Gotti, if you insist, we will oblige. Mm. I'm not running from that smoke. I'm with it. <laughs> and we beat up a lot of DJs in that era, in that time, and then the DJ sued, and then my brother would tell me, stop going out. And I'm right. like, but I ain't doing nothing. But I felt if I didn't go out, I honestly felt at that time that swell was so crazy, Murder, Inc., with that. I would have a trouble being here right now. Mm. That's how big it was. Right. I don't know. If it, I ain't seen nothing like it still. You know, just imagine it from the top of the world to now you at the bottom. And have to and you rebuild got someone it. who is at the top mm-hmm. throwing at you every mm. chance he get. That's what I dealt with. That's mm. what we dealt with. So it is, it's real. When you understand it, I know people look at it now and don't understand it, but it's cool. I don't expect no one to understand my plight. Now you you've overcome that, and now you push forward to yeah. a lot of companies that you've branched out to mm-hmm. and started. When one of them is which Adventure Music, and then you also have Clash TV. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about both? I'm gonna talk about Clash first. Okay, it's it's a quicker talk. Um, there's a guy named Ivan Sakov. He's a Russian guy. I met he wanted to do uh, stuff with Tales. Okay. So I did a de- I did a deal with him, me and my brother. We did a deal for tales in Russia. Went great. COVID hits, everything stops. Mm. I'm like, damn, we was getting good money out there too. <laughs> Fuck, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but everything stops. We kept talking. He stopped bringing me. He shows me this Clash TV. Mm. I like it. I understand what he was doing. He while COVID hit, he started doing broadcasting for uh, MMA. Okay. And if you remember, no one was able to do production. So right. I'm like, how are you getting this content? He's like, I got some crazy guys over here that they don't care about COVID and they're going to do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dope. And it went really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I jumped in. And I seen it. And it, of course, anyone that works with me, they have to understand you can't rape and pillage my culture. Because mm-hmm. he wants me to bring it into the, our culture. Right. So he understands that completely. To his word, he's never went and did anything other than better than what he told me. Uh, And that's why I'm willing to, I put my money in and I'm willing to actually tell people about Class TV because we do live streaming, we pay better, we have more, way more opportunities for you creators out there. If you're a creator, sign up, become a creator on Class TV. I mean, it's huge opportunities from an earning standpoint Mm -hmm. that you won't get nowhere else and that's what I'm about. So that's why I did Clash. And we do all the basketball games in, like, New York. If you ever heard of Rucker Park or mm-hmm. Dykeman Park, yeah. I do all of them. We live stream it on Clash TV. Okay. So people's that's been going crazy. We're starting to do comedy. We do podcasts. I mean, we're just... Exp- 
<laughs> we're just expanding little by little. You right. know, it's all fun. We have to, we raise money, we spend money, we raise money, spend money. So that's the game. I've been right. part of that business, not in music, with other businesses like uh, How Stuff Works, mm-hmm. which is Jeff Arnold. Shout out Jeff Arnold. He's got it built. He built WebMD. You ever heard of WebMD? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. his ne- one of his next projects after he sold WebMD, he did How Stuff Works, and we did that together. Okay. And um, real good. We sold it to Disney for like two hundred and fifty million. So that was one of my first. Oh, your checks is big, bro. Like, you're like- I'm not listening. That's Jeff getting that money. Like, I got a piece of it. Don't get me wrong. I got right, right, I got right. Hit off, but I ain't get the two hundred. Like, yeah, damn. Help me, help you. <laughs> I ain't saying that, but again, I did the marketing and right. okay. he built it. So it's a difference. It's all, Absolutely. It's all according to what you did. You had your equity, you get it, and that's what it is. Absolutely. So we did a bunch. We did another company, Live Rock. We we was doing like Live Rock was little CDs. So I did a bunch of different um that would go on top of soft drinks. Pretty a dope at the time before the digital side of things, right? right? Uh, but at the time, you a little miniature CD we would put on top of a soft drink and some barrels, McDonald's with music on it, right? And we would license the music from different artists, and we were selling those CDs. We was doing over four and a half million CDs a month. Yeah, a month. And we was making, a, we would sell them to the, no refunds. <laughs> no, but to Sabaros, to McDonald's. Very important because if right. I did music back then, if we printed up CDs and shipped them to the record store and they didn't sell them, they sent it back and you pay more money than they cost. Oh. It was way expensive to ship music. Right. And get it returned back to you. It would cost you way more. So the labels had to be very smart. And how they were spending the money to send the records to everybody. Right. But, you know, we had, we set it up because I told Jeff we can't do refunds. And he understood when I gave him the music business side. So we had no refunds. So they order 100,000 CDs, you got it. You order 200,000, you got it. 500,000, you got it. I don't care if you sold that many soft drinks or not. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> That's it. And we was doing that, man, for years. If you look at Rain on Me, with Ashanti, mm-hmm. that video is sponsored by Live Rock. Mm. That was the name of the company, Live Rock. We we had the first uh, Maybach in the country. When Maybach just made Maybach, mm-hmm. we had the first one. And it's in the video. She got, we got Lorenz Tate for the video. Right. If you watch it, you'll see. And you'll, people probably didn't understand. There's a shot. Hype Williams shot the video. Shot of Hype. There's a shot at the tail uh, license plate. And it says Lids. Oh, my If you've seen the cup. We would wrap the cup with the artist. So it was a shanti on the cup, and you didn't see the lid on the top, but shit was fire. Product placement, man. Great placement. Ooh, we spent a lot of money for that <laughs> shit, too. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you're doing now because adventure music. And the reason I talk about these old things is because people don't oh, know ahead. me. I'm always of in course. the background. Exactly. And they don't really understand the, the level of business that I've been involved in in mm-hmm. my career. Right. But I mean, I've been involved with a lot. And it's not stopping. I'm involved with a lot right now. Right. But it's all because of the feds. Shout out to the feds. <laughs> because they made me diversify how I get money because Universal stopped paying me. Right. That investigation lasted over three years Mm. before we went to a trial that we eventually won. So it was like, they just debted you for three years of no money. So I'm in probably the second year and I'm like, I tell her, I got to go get some money, man. What's Mm -hmm. up? 
And I went and started sports management, all these different things. Right. I started all these different things, man. And it just, again, business, when you learn business, it's business is business. Right. We selling bottles. We selling podcasts. It's all the same when you understand business. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's just different ways to approach it. But it's all the same from a business standpoint. So once I learned business, it was easy. I went into hedge funds. I own insurance business. I mean, sports management. I mean, cons- uh, consulting, all types of things I'd started doing mm-hmm. after the feds shut me down. So blame them for me. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're doing it for the independent artists. So yeah. Talk a little bit about that portion. So important. Mm-hmm. So again, here we are in 2022. Yes. Um, because of the feds and everything that I went through, I had a, in, in a way, Universal treated us. I have a little resentment for them. But when the internet comes into play, I watch all these execs running for the hills. They were so afraid they're going to lose their job. The labels is shrinking down to 20. It was a $20 billion industry shrunk down to less than $6 billion. Mm. So just imagine how much cuts they have to make in order to sustain. And that's what was going on. But that's the birth of adventure. So what I mean by that is, let's say you was the best graphic designer and you work for Universal. All of a sudden you're fired. Mm. Now I could contract you and you're willing to work with me. You're the best promoter and you get fired. Now I could contract you and you're willing to work with me. So the best people was now put on the street and Universal would say, well, we, well, we'll pay you when we need you. We can't afford your salary. But they, it was really the insurance. They didn't want to pay insurance on it. So that's really the birth of the idea, one of the very beginnings of the idea. And then the internet created distribution. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there saying distribution was the hardest thing a record label uh, provided, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How do I get all these records in Tower Records at the time? But now it's no longer Tower Records. It's Apple Music. Mm-hmm. It's Spotify. It's easy now. So distribution is, was the reason, the next part, and I was like, got it. So in 09, I wrote a business proposal for Adventure Music, which wasn't called Adventure Music. It was called Who Cares Music Group. Hmm. So Who Cares? I Care. That was like with the question mark. It was rhetorical. Who Cares Music Group is the company I I wrote the business model for, which is actually Adventure Music. Mm -hmm. And that business model I wrote in 09, tried to buy a company called CD Baby with Jeff Arnold. Had all the meetings and we just couldn't get it done because the owner of the CD Baby said he, he his daughter likes the company. He doesn't want to sell it. Mm-hmm. After I spent probably about 250000 in lawyer bills and accountant bills, getting it prepared mm-hmm. for that whole process to transfer ownership. Right. It's a lot of lawyer stuff. So, you know, Ken Corinthian is his name. He cost me a couple dollars, that <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Y'all be knowing names first and last. Oh, so I'll take two fifty from you. You gonna remember his name too. You gonna remember that nigga's name. <laughs> you gonna be like Billy Bob, you owe me my money. <laughs> so believe me, you gonna remember that, you know. These things kind of scar your brain. You can't forget. You can't forget. And with with the um the adventure music. You're doing a tour right now too. Yeah, and that's, that's why one I'm of the reasons. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. You're looking for. Well, um, I'm here to empower independent artists, right? Okay. I want to teach them the game. Of course, be on my platform, uh, adventure music. Sign up, be part of it. You get to perform. I show you how to actually. 
I do a seminar first. I tell everyone that's the most important reason I'm here, mm -hmm. not the performance side. I know everyone want to perform for me, but you should want to hear from me, mm. right? You should want to hear from me, not just watch. let me watch you perform and hear your record. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I, I don't know how artists want an opinion. Let me not say an opinion. I understand an opinion or a direction from anybody but they self. If you own your music and you're putting out music, why in God's name are you listening to anybody but yourself? Go with your gut. You know why? I want to always win and lose with what I do, not what you tell me. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to point at you if it don't work. I told people I don't want that position. I've been through that too many times. Because I could say, you, they'll tell me, oh, you picked that record. I could, But then I could flip and say, well, yeah, well, you didn't do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. You just let me tell you to use the record and you thought that was it. There's a lot more to it. And that's the game I don't want to be in anymore. That's not a good game to be in. So I'm telling artists, own your shit and go with your gut. All I'm giving you is the information on how you want to get this done. Oh, you need this person. Mm. Pay that money there to that person. And he's going to do exactly what you're looking for. And I could tell you what's the most opportunistic chances of that working or not. You, but you go with your, what you think. Nothing's 100%. I could tell you exactly what you should do and it's not right. Right? No two artists are the same how they broke. They all do different things to make their success. So what makes you think you're different? I don't know two artists that did anything the same. They all do things So you're the alley-oop to their dunk. Basically. There you go. And hell on, I'm not telling you going to be Drake because I don't know if you make records that are like Drake. What I am telling you, which is to me the most powerful, is you will make money. Mm. Period. How many people could do that for you? And that's the game I'm giving. I'm not telling you I'm making you into Drake, Future, Little Durkio, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not telling you that, Little Baby. I'm not telling you that because these niggas is super talented. Absolutely. And now they got the bag behind them for real, for real. How your little ass, your little broke ass in the hood <laughs> could keep up. No, but I, I could talk to them that way because I want them to understand the challenges they up against. Mm -hmm. If they serious, cool. I said, how's these big artists outworking your ass? How you going to get through? It's 24 hours in a day. How many times people are listening to music? Drake drops a record. Who's listening to your shit versus listening to Drake and fucking, what's a Savage, 21 mm -hmm. Savage? Mm -hmm. Who's listening to your shit? When they listen to music, they want to hear Drake and see mm -hmm. what he's doing. That's mm -hmm. why you don't come out the same time as big artists. You avoid them. In our day, we would tell only our friends or affiliate families, you know, record labels when we dropped the record. Because mm -hmm. we knew we swallowing up all market share. Think about what I mean by that. Radio, internet, uh, anything podcast is being talked about them. For X amount of time, mm -hmm. you stuck, homie. Put your little ass together, another plan for later. Just push it back. That's all. No one cares about your music until they make it a demand. So why are you rushing to put something out that no one gives a fuck about? And, and you coming at the wrong time. This is all part of the strategy we had at Murder, Inc. Dex Diamond's in the building. He would tell you. That's all we did. We had war council. This was war council. All of the key players at Murder, Inc. would be in that room bouncing off all these different things to mm. figure it out. And then when we get it figured out, we tell the universe, this is what we want. Do this. And they did. That's our partnership. Mm. 
So again, there's so many uh, variables inside of music. You know, you have to really be willing to go through all these fires because nobody, I don't care who you're talking to, if they tell you they can, they lying, could make you viral, right? No one, if they knew how to do that, universe would be bigger than Google. They'd be the biggest company in the world. They can't do it. They can't make someone like your record. So what I'm trying to explain is consistency. Timing is the biggest reasons you become successful. It's costly, so of course you need revenue or resources. Is You know, you want to go make clothes, you got to have money to make clothes. Mm-hmm. It's no different than any other business. You want a podcast, you have to go buy these mics and everything, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. All right, there's a cost associated with music. Whether they want to hear it or not, artists always want things for themselves for free. Um, <laughs> don't come over here with that shit. See, I, I, it falls on deaf ears because I paid for everything. Mm. You know, my education cost me way more than Harvard would have cost me. You understand? Yeah. So how could I feel for someone else that wants it for free? How, how much are you going to take anything seriously when you get it for nothing? So... You know, I let that sink let that sink in. It's like you get shit for free, you take it for granted. Yeah. All right, you go and put your money. Because you ready in. to move on to the next free item. Yeah, you know, I would look at some of these artists and they come in and tell me they couldn't get on the stage. It's $100 a song at the event, right? And they can't get on the stage. And I'm like, I take a, a an assessment of their wardrobe. <laughs> no, priorities. Absolutely. I'm not, listen to me, it's priorities. Absolutely. I, it tells me you're not serious about your career. If you putting these things over that, that's all it tells. It just puts me in perspective of where you at. I don't. I ain't knocking nobody. Mm-hmm. I'm not. This game ain't for everybody. Shit, the weed and the blunt cost more than say a, no more. Listen, hello. I know niggas that need a job just to get high, just so they can keep smoking. They need a separate job just for that money. That's how much they smoke. Nah, this shit's real. I know. This is like as soon as they wake up to this back before they go to bed. Damn. The fuck? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, my God. All you medicated niggas out there. <laughs> you need you know, a budget for you know, that. Yeah, but you shit. know, so they tell me, they said, if they always medicate, how they know who they are? Mm. There's real shit in that. If you constantly elevated, who are you when you not? When you regular, you only could be this when you like that. Right. Come on, man. Right. Talk to me, people. <laughs> I like you, boy. Where we at? Yeah. <laughs> Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. Pull up today, 6 p.m. We'll be there. Yes. We yes. will be there. We will be What's there. What's the name of that place, Dex? West Beach West Tavin. Beach Tavern. Thank yep. you. No Cleveland, problem. 5000 Cleveland Street. Yes. Pull come, up, 6 o'clock. It's going to be crazy. all of the information that you need. All questions are good questions. All questions are good questions. That's a you fact. You understand me? And... We are about to come to a close. I know we could go on for oh, days because yeah. you, you're, <laughs> you're are a lively person, and I really appreciate you for even blessing so Hollywood the podcast with, with I appreciate your, it. all of your endeavors, Miss Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, you gonna and everything's gonna be streamed live on Clash TV. Okay. It's like you could watch it on Clash if you don't make it in. Absolutely, I want you to make it in. But if you're in another city or far away, get on that app. Absolutely, you can catch it all right there. Right. So, I have a like two more questions, and then we're gonna get up out of here. You so, could come on. <clears throat> leave something to this thing called entertainment. 
leave? Yeah. What would you leave? Or what would you Man, tell that's... your younger self about? You can't be more than that. one question. Okay, I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. Okay. Leave something to this thing called entertainment. Leave some. I'm leaving adventure music. Mm. I'm, I'm leaving uh, freedom for every artist out there to own, operate, and monetize their business and make a living from it. Something you could pass down to your kids. I don't know if you've seen, we had just sold our masters. Everyone talks about that. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Slightly. Okay, we sold our masters for $300 million. Mm. So at the end of the day, that's something you could pass to your kids. Yeah. Every I have another company that I partnered with a guy named um, Frank Barber. It's called Phase One Network. It's All they do is buy catalogs. Um, we buy everyone's catalogs. Because there's value in everybody's music. That's the part that people don't get. But you have to do it right for the value to be there. Artists could have a thousand songs, never did it right with all of the things that have to be done. And they don't make no money from it. Because they're not allowed to. No, there's a reason all records get paid money. You know, the intellectual property, you own it. This podcast, you own it. Mm -hmm. Your job is to exploit it, Mm -hmm. to make money. Mm -hmm. That's your job. So people will pay you to be part of that podcast because you're exploiting it to a market they can't reach. or And that's how, the reason they give you money. Yeah, You have to understand that when you're independent because it's your business. I tell everyone when they talk about, can I help them? I'm like, shit, this, the information is so much help you don't even understand. That's so, it's worth so much. I've spent millions of dollars getting this money, this information. That's money. Like, for real, for real. No bullshit. And it's like, that's what you're getting with adventure music. So when you ask what I'm leaving behind, that's a legacy right there. That's going to be the reason you don't see Universal, you don't see Warner Bros., you don't see Sony, because of adventure music. Well, y'all heard it here first. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. go ahead and give your shout-outs, your social media, and any final words. And then I have one final question that I ask my guests at the end of the show. You know what I'm saying? I want to shout-out my team that's with me on this road. They work hard. They always, you know, moving around with me. Um, it's just so many people. You know, my man Ghost, he from out here. Yeah, Ghetto, Ghetto Ghost. Ghost, you know what I'm saying? He's really the reason we out here with this. You know, I was picking cities, and I hit him up, and he said, come to Virginia, so I'm here. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I just want to make sure that, you know, I keep putting out the best I could put out for everybody and enjoy it, man. And we go from there. It's about time we see your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because everyone say, you look just like Irv. I'm like, no, that nigga look like me. Don't get it fucked up. <laughs> you don't want these problems. Yeah, they don't want that problem. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> so the, the final question is Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and give your uh social media. What's your uh, Oh man, Chris Gotti 187, because it's still murder on all social media platforms. I got a podcast called Giving Them the Business. I promise you, fire. Uh you go get that on all platforms. We're gonna talk off air and okay. see because I wanna no see if what you're doing. We may be missing some stuff that you should be involved in. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um uh where did I, I just you know adventure music, giving her business, mm-hmm. Chris Guy one seven, mm-hmm. all on social media right there, just like that. Oh, okay. And it's given with a no G, G I V I N. Oh, and of course, Clash TV. I also have uh, Clash TV. Again, we was talking about it earlier, but Clash TV. And then we also have uh, MP3 Wax with my boy Chris Martin. Ooh. Yeah. You know about MP3 mm-hmm. Wax? I'm, again, I subscribe to their uh, 
they're um, so Chris Rekabu. Martin is the owner. That's my man. Okay. Um, he partnered with me for this tour. We'll be out. So when the artists perform, I'm giving them a package from MP3 Wag. Wow, that's big. I thank you. That's you see, big. you know, if you don't know about it, you don't know what it really value is. Like, that's nah, nigga, I'm telling you, I'm hooking you up. That's but big. they don't know, so I just keep it pushing. They'll find out later. It'll be like, damn, I should have. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I can't. Mm-hmm. Everyone's edu- uh, learning curve is different. I always talk about that because I say I did five years, but I said I wasn't no dummy. I'll go to school and get eighties without studying. Right. I just didn't go to school. But education, I always that's something that I always have personally, like a chip on my shoulder. If I would have went to school, where what would I have? Mm. Where would I be? How much different my life might have been? Right. Better or worse? You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to change nothing. It's just questions that come through my head. Right. Uh, people always ask me that too. Would you change anything? I said, I want to change nothing. I was going to ask that, but I was like, mm, It's all right. It's Everyone okay. asks that question, but I don't want to change nothing. You know why? Because I live from a good place. Mm-hmm. If I was doing some bad, evil shit, then it'd be different. Now, I know it sounds crazy because I talked about some of the things I did. Right. God, God uh, protects children and fools. Mm. I was a fool. I understand that. But it's part of why I'm who I am today. Without that, I might still be a fool, if you understand. That's yeah. why I never say I would change anything. Yeah. So, Major I get it. who you are today. Yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. So, we got one more question. Oh, go, go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, what bothers you about the industry, and what would your solution be to fixing it? <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me about the industry? So, <laughs> this is an easy question for me. <laughs> I'm on my Nat Turner shit. You know Nat Turner? Uh, yes and no, but you can get you can always school. Okay, Nat Turner. Uh, again, this I think he's in the 1800s. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a story. I just posted on my gram. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So a thousand slaves was with Nat Turner. Okay. And he, he's a slave himself. Mm-hmm. He turned to the thousand slaves and he said, "How many I want free?" They all was like, "Yeah." Okay, next question. How many of y'all are willing to do whatever it takes to get free? 900 out of 1,000 raise their hand. They want, they with it. He said, last thing we have to do is turn around and kill the 100 that don't want free. That's what I'm on. <laughs> Let that sink in. Hello, I'm yeah. dead serious because <laughs> again, uh, when I said my beef with Kanye, I'll give you some stuff so you understand. Again, physically, when without the the, the unity of our people, we'll never get what we want. Mm. I use Kyrie, the NBA, all them fucking players. I'm so mad at them, and I know most of them. I promise you, they were supposed to stand with Kyrie and not play ball, and you'll see how fast we get free. Mm. If they just stood up with that man and didn't play ball for just one game, you watch how fast all them fucking mm-hmm. motherfuckers change their story and what he should be doing to be back in the league. Mm. See, they don't know their power, but, you know, it comes from the years and years of that generational stuff. If you remember, I told you what my mother told me. This shit is heavy on me from young. Nigga, say what you want. I'm a, I'm a light-skinned house nigga. Hell no. I'm a feel nigga. Right. You understand? I prove it every day. Mm. And at the end of the day, that's the problem, the unity. And they take the money. See, the money is an evil thing. And people say, yeah, you said it because you got money. No. I lived this way when I didn't have money. 
See, it's no different. Money don't make me. That's why I'm doing these type of things here. If I was worried about money, you think I'd be doing what I'm doing? I could do something so different. I promise you. Facts. It's because I care and I want that. And that's what niggas can't get. They don't understand that. But you say, what would I do for the industry? The reason I say that is because they chase that money so much. They compromise their fucking integrity. And that is no good because that is the problem that we're facing with everything else. If you just learned how to hold your head and deal with these things, you wouldn't be in the positions you're in. And we don't have unity. But that comes from 400 plus years. Right. It was It's built in us. So how long will it take to get unprogrammed from that? That mindset. Because that's what it is. It's a mindset. Right. It's like, and I don't see it in sight, but I ain't stopping. That's the bottom line. I don't want no fuck niggas around me with any of that shit. That's why I said anyone with me, they know that's the time I'm on. The white men that I work with, the Jewish men, all of them, they know that's the time I'm on, and they cool with it. Mm. See, it's conversation. It's dialogue. You, that's why I say you can't do You got to be able to speak to people. Like, it's conversation, and they know your morals and principles. They can't budge you. Thanks. You know, my, Muhammad Ali, I met him years and years ago, like probably about 15, 18 years ago maybe, and he gave me some advice. And I said, I said man, this is incredible, but his advice was don't live politically politically correct live morally correct he said and you'll never have problems i said that's how i live already mm. he said then you on your way but that's how i live i don't worry about politics oh, i have all these politicians i don't know voting was just the other day yeah. they come to me want me to be part of their party and help them fuck out of here simple and plain because once you're in a political party and i know people are gonna be like but chris this is the only way to move it no then we got to figure out another way because this way is broken and it just perpetuating it doesn't, doesn't do anything. Because you could get the most righteous person in office and they can't do shit. Mm. So what's the fucking point? See, I'm just a realist in that sense. I said, you know, people talk to me about Obama. I said, don't talk about Obama. Right? First black president that we know. Really, we could find out there's other black presidents before him. But they don't want to talk about it. But that's another episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> You know, Abraham Lincoln was black. But we'll get into another story of that another day. Niggas don't know that. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I say, don't talk about Obama because he had to go through all of that stuff. I happen to know Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett ran his whole shit. That's my man's, my one of my mentors, Cyrus Walker. Shout out, Cyrus. Uh, cousin. So we would go to dinner. Valerie Jarrett was sitting in front of me crying because mm-hmm. all the death threats Obama got. This is, before, this is when he first got in office. Crying because of all the death threats. I'm like, that's why you can't talk to me because no white man is dealing with that shit. Just that alone, what he's dealing with, the pressure, him and his family of being a black man in that white house. You can't talk to me about it. You know what I told him? I said, let me run your security. (laughs) (laughs) Give me, give me, I swear to God, I I promised to my kids I did that. I said, I said, Valerie, she started laughing just like you did. I said, no, I'm dead serious. I said, I'm not saying take over the CIA. I said, give me a license to carry my shit like they got. Right. And I watched them fuckers for him. Mm. I was dead serious. She said, that's a really good idea. She stopped laughing when I broke it down. But it never happened. I definitely tried to get that. <laughs> oh, niggas would have been in trouble around here, boy. <laughs> All you cool-ass niggas was going to pay. You going to pay today. <laughs> you ain't seen a real nigga till you oh, met this one. <laughs> man, yo. 
Yo, shout out Supreme, man. Shout out Supreme, yeah. But I appreciate you for sliding through <laughs> So Hollywood, the podcast, dropping jewels, and, yeah. and just most importantly, just being human yeah. and just stripping everything I'm away. For the people. And just, people power. Know. I'm Fred yeah. Hampton reincarnated. You know. <laughs> how he gets listed as the most dangerous man, he's 21 years old. You tell wow. me how could a 21 year old be the most dangerous man in the country? <sighs> there's so much fucking that. injustice <laughs> around and it's time to start recognizing like when was it the right time that's how I look at adventure music mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying that I, I know you said we can end it but mm -hmm. when was the right time to free the slaves when was the right time right when mm. is the right time to free these fucking artists it's mm. the same thing when is the right now is the right time now it's now is the time and that's all it is. that's all it is it's now is the time man Enough is enough. <laughs> we had enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I appreciate you for sliding through. Make sure you guys follow me, Miss Hollywood, and my SS Hollywood 313. So Hollywood, the podcast, and make sure you inbox me if you're interested in being a part of my platform. If you don't have anything else to say, uh, we can get up out of here. I got to check with Dex. He's with Oh, Dex. Dex, what's yeah. up, Dex? Oh, Charlotte. he wants to talk about the tour. My fault. <laughs> you know, I get into I get into this Look, thing. Said, like, but we gonna be in Charlotte next. You know, shout, <laughs> shout out Tiger, my man out there setting everything up. We'll be in Charlotte. We got Miami. We got Orlando, Cleveland, and DC. And then we're gonna take a break for Thanksgiving. And top of the year, we going out west and doing it all over again. Mm, yeah. That's gonna be a different. The West one is gonna be crazy. I think I'm gonna start in Vegas the first day. First day in we're Vegas. We're going to talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vegas is going to go up. I got some folks in Vegas, too. But we, yeah, oh, you got yeah. some hood people Listen. with you. <laughs> <laughs> you just told on yourself. <laughs> we about to get up out of here. Peace up, A-Town Down. <laughs> <laughs> is it me or was it hot in here? To be a guest on So Hollywood, the podcast, just email SoHollywoodThePodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood the Podcast, and MISS Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com.